Welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. This podcast started with me just kind of interviewing my friends, and now we're at a point where I'm interviewing people who inspire me. Every week you are going to hear how someone else identifies with the feeling of not fitting in and success. So let's just hop into the episode and thank you for all of your continued support. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about something that I've been doing for, oh my gosh, it's almost been two, going on three years now. It's called Forbidden Bingo, forbiddenbingo.com every Thursday. Uh, And if you are interested in uh, a fun time where you can win some sexy, sexy prizes, uh, you should go to forbiddenbingo.com and uh, tell DJ Rockstar Aaron that I sent you. Uh, Every Thursday you will have the chance along with many other players who I'm loyal to and I call my family my Ohana. Uh, It's so much fun. It is um, every Thursday uh, unless there's something else going on in life and it's just a hoot. So it's called forbiddenbingo.com and let DJ Rockstar Aaron and everyone else in the crew know that I sent you. Mahalo. Hey everyone, this week's episode features Tom Shaw of Toasters and Moose, the aforementioned band from Chickens in the Shadow. A few weeks ago, I had Vincent Cargiulo on, uh, so you're going to be tasting the biscuit this week. I hope you guys enjoy. I just wanted to give a shout out to all the continued support. Really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Mahalo. If you're new here, then you probably don't know this, or maybe you do. I love Disney and I love shopping small, shopping local, and I am an inclusive podcast, therefore I love inclusive brands. So that is why Diamond in the Rough Clothing Company, owned by my friend Mario, is such a great brand that I have to promote it. Unofficially, official sponsor of this podcast. Mario has actually been on my podcast in season one. He is a great human and I love him to death. He is just such a sweet, sweet human who has the funniest, the best, the cutest, cheekiest designs for Disney. Diamond in the Rough Clothing Company is just such an awesome brand owned by such a lovely human. And when you're thinking about buying from Disney brands, shop local, shop small, and shop unique. Diamondintheroughclothing.space, that's going to be in the description of my podcast. And as always, please let Mario know that you are shopping because I told you to. Thank you. Hey everyone, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, the only podcast about imposter syndrome, the only inclusive podcast about imposter syndrome. I'm so excited. If you're watching this on video on YouTube, hi, welcome. I'm 84 years old. I don't know what I'm doing, but today I've got Tom Shaw, the Tom Shaw of Toasters and Moose from Taste the Biscuit. And if you recall a couple of weeks ago, I had Vincent Gargiulo on the podcast who created Toasters and Moose, the unofficial official band. So uh, Tom, hi. Um, Hi. I'm so excited to have you taste the biscuits. Happy to be here. Me too. Me too. Tom, can you give everyone uh, a uh, 30,000 foot overview of who you are, what you do, et cetera? Whoa. Well, uh, I'm (laughs) a singer, pianist, actor, composer. I live in San Francisco. I've been self-employed, fully employed as a professional musician since 1981. It's been my full-time job all that time my day job and my night job. That's so cool. And yeah. Um, I do what I love and I make a little bunny at it. So 
That that's awesome. So, uh, are you from? Uh, so, I'm actually I own a home in San Diego. Uh, at the time of recording this, I found out last week we are moving home back to Lemon Grove, my home. I am so excited because I love California. While I am from Denver, which a lot of people do know, um, mostly. I mean, I was born in Minnesota and I moved around. Uh, I'm married to a Navy man, and we officially are retiring through the Navy. Uh, thank. Nice. <laughs> um, but when Congrats. I come back, thank you. I come back. Uh, I've got family up in Northern California and Napa. So I am planning to come see you in San Francisco and come to one of your shows. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. So before we even hop into the questions of please don't kick me out. So for anyone new here, imposter syndrome, it's a feeling of other than. Um, it's very common. I've been doing this since March of 2020. No one's told me to stop. If you're listening in your earbuds, we are on YouTube. Um, I will share that link and share my screen um, so people can see some of the stuff. But before we pop into the episode, uh, I did ask the Biscuit community uh, some questions, right? Like, if, do you have any questions for Tom Shaw? Of course, our Tom Shaw of Taste the Biscuit. And if you're like, oh my gosh, what is Taste the Biscuit? Uh, Chickens in the Shadows is a, a movie that Vincent Gargiulo uh, created, and um, I have so many questions about that and how you got involved with it as well. Um, but before we start, let's let's hop into some questions that I got from the community. Okay, You're so great. the first question, yeah. Uh, so we've got Krista Wilson. She lives in Sacramento. She's one of the admins on the Biscuit Group. Actually, that was something I was going to pull up. Uh, uh, we did create a biscuit group because Vincent uh, was like, how do I monetize this? How do I get people to pay me for what I've created uh, in 2010, uh, 20, 2011, uh, whenever that did come out? And it's got this uh, kind of cult following, cult-like fan fiction following, um, and then became popular again last year. Um, and Tom has just been riding the wave. I mean, it, it, it caused you to join TikTok, yeah? Oh, yeah. I had in September, I think it was, I had three different friends message me on Facebook, they're like, Tom, you're trending on TikTok. I'd heard, of, <laughs> I'd heard of TikTok, but I'd never been on it. It sounded kind of stupid to me when I heard what it was, you know, before, yeah. before then. I thought, oh, who wants that? You know, I don't need another yeah. app. So then yeah. I, went on tic, I went on TikTok and yeah, somebody, uh, Dogface, posted yeah. uh, the original Taste the Biscuit video, which was first posted on the internet in 2011. It was a scene from the film Chickens in the Shadows, which Vincent wrote and directed in 2010 that yeah. me and Estelle were in as Toasters and Moose. So, uh, yeah, so then I, wow. So now I'm like, you know, a minor celebrity on TikTok or maybe a major celebrity. And you're on Cameo? <laughs> oh, yeah. I bought so many cameos for Christmas. For oh, people. yeah, you did. Thank you. Yeah, I, I sure did. You know, and my husband, he's not on TikTok. He also works in uh, the Intel community of cyber warfare. So uh, he no longer. He's now going to be doing HR for the, the, for the reserves of the Navy. He's still active duty, but he's like, B, you know, they're like, up, up your phone. And I'm like, who cares? I've been on TikTok for three years. I started with my dog who's actually over here. He's not going to come over here. He's like, mom's recording. I don't like it. I've started with uh, my dog and, and, and it got me through a deployment. It, it helped me realize that I'm queer. Um, right. and, uh, so you know, your pronouns are he, him, mine are, uh, she and they, I'm non-binary. I am also pansexual, which I realized this year. I mean, TikTok has really changed my life. I don't know about you. <laughs> Uh, well, it's definitely added a new dimension to my life and I love it. I totally embrace it. And yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, I just saw something on the screen. Oh, no, yeah. I'm just I sharing thought my screen. phone was acting up. No, 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 no. no. I'm yeah, sharing yeah, my yeah, screen. Yeah. No, it's okay. Um, yeah, it's totally changed my life. And I'm on TikTok to stay. As long as long as there's TikTok, I'll be there. Yeah, I'll be there. Uh, you So yeah. you do something that's exciting. I'm going to stop sharing my screen. But for anyone that's looking and you're, and you're on YouTube, thank you so much. Please subscribe, like, share, tell a friend. Uh, this is a group that I created for uh, Vincent, uh, Tom Estelle, who is uh, also part of the affirmated band that's fake that, that was in the, sh the movie. Uh, she's also an actress and uh, singer and amazing. Uh, hopefully she'll be on the pod. I don't think she can figure out how to sign up. Though. Keep sending her the link. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, but I, I she's also her. very busy. <laughs> oh, she's yeah. She's like, I'm so busy. And Vince was like, hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, we, I'll be linking to Vincent's interview as well as the Chickens in the Shadow movie when this does release. And so thank you guys if you're here for Tom. Hi, my name is Bianca Woolwick. She, they, uh, this is a podcast uh, that you are listening to. If you're listening through your earbuds, thank you so much. Please like, support, share. Um, I'm going to stop sharing my screen here, uh, but this is the group on Facebook. Uh, there's also a, a Discord uh, channel as well, but Discord's harder for people. So this came out of just wanting to make sure that Vincent, Tom, and Estelle get the right and proper things. And before I stop sharing my screen, okay, wait, how do I, I'm 85 years old. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Uh, I'll stop sharing my screen for now, but there is merchandise. You're seeing these shirts. Um, I can share that link as well into the uh, details of the video. There's a blanket. There's all sorts of things. So yeah. Thank you so much, Tom, for being on the podcast today. Woo! I'm happy to be here. Me too. Me too. Me too. How's the weather where you are? It's nice. It's sunny and I haven't been outside yet. It's, it feels like it's cool because I have all the windows closed. Oh, usually, we okay. have win usually we have windows open because I do love fresh air, but yeah. Kind of chilly, so. All right. We've got some questions. Okay. So Krista is the first one. She is a singer, Hi, uh, a songwriter. Yeah. Hey, Krista. Hey, Krista. Oh, Taste yeah. the biscuit. Uh, first question for you as a fellow musician, I would love to hear an overview of your musical journey. How did you start playing? Uh, did you go to school for it? Advice for mus uh, musicians as well as myself and uh, all that kind of stuff. Smiley face emoji. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm like, since I've been playing professionally since 1974, I have a long story. It's been a long journey. Um, yeah, we're I here. I remember, uh, I guess in the early 70s, I was living, I, I was in college. I had a, a keyboard in the basement where I was living and I was jamming with this guitar player. I mean, people kept bugging me like, oh, you should be a professional musician. I'm like, eh, nah, I'm not that good. Da, 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 da. And then this guitar player who I kind of worshiped, we were jamming and he and when he told me the same thing, I thought, OK. So anyway, a completely different guitarist had a band and he dragged me kicking and screaming one day out of my out of the basement to come jam with his band. And I, I was really resistant. And um, I got there. We started playing music and I totally loved it instantaneously. I joined the band. I was in variations of that band for three years. We were a cover band and uh, we played around the Midwest. And then in 77, I had gotten fed up with uh, the weather in Michigan and Detroit. So I wanted to move somewhere warm. Yeah. So so I made the move to California. I, it was either California or Florida, but my parents yep. had already moved to Florida and I didn't want to be near them at the time. So, <laughs> so California it was. So I came to California and then the first friend I met, I wasn't doing anything musically for a few months, probably about six months. And then a, my first friend there was going to this little restaurant and they wanted a piano player. And so he told me about it. So I went there and started playing piano in this restaurant. 
I had never done that before. I was a rock and roller. I'd been in a rock band for three years. So I started playing background music and people were requesting what we know as uh, jazz standards, like as mm -hmm. time goes by or Cole Porter, Irving Berlin. I'm like, what's that? Yeah. Like, you don't know Cole Porter? I'm like, no, I was 22. So, <laughs> uh, so I started buying all this sheet music and fell in love with it. And then, so then I did background piano music at restaurants. And then a couple of years later, I started playing background music at parties, which was good money. So the, the eighties, I spent the entire decade of the eighties, like playing for parties and weddings and events and background music and making lots of money. And then in the early night, and also, uh, well, actually in the early nineties, Nordstrom's was, which, mm -hmm. which used to have live piano players. I don't think they do that anymore. They actually do working. out here. <laughs> oh, okay. Good to know. They still have that. Yeah. So, um, I started playing at various Nordstrom's around the San Francisco Bay Area. Again, background music. But then at one point I got really depressed and I'm like, I was unhappy. And I had to, I actually took a career exploration class at mm -hmm. a local community school, college, and discovered that I was always happiest when I was collaborating. Like back in the seventies when I was working in the band or in the early eighties, I was collaborating with a lyricist Mm -hmm. And we wrote, we wrote like 50 songs that nothing ever came from them. I'm posting them on TikTok these days. <laughs> Proud but of anyways, you. so, so this class uh, was very introspective and I decided that even though I was doing what I love playing music, making a living at it, I was unhappy, which is like crazy to think about. So I decided I needed to start collaborating. So I started dabbling with accompanying singers. Yeah. And that led to, you know, playing professionally at nightclubs and cabarets and musical theater. And I mean, the story goes on and on. Yeah. <laughs> and that, bring, that brings us up to, you know, around 2000. <laughs> right. So. Okay. Wow. You've had a, quite the career, my friends. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, that's, I, Tom, I love that. Thank you so much for your vulnerability and even sharing some mental health stuff as well. I mean, Here's the thing. I've been doing this. Uh, so my background's in marketing. Uh, I, um, you know, while you were playing in the eighties, I was not born until 1989. Uh, I know I look younger than I, than I am. I'm actually going to be 34 this year. Uh, not that that matters at all, but I think you're only as old as you feel. I feel 12 and also 84. <laughs> so, um, I did mention that I do, I'm a military spouse. I live on Oahu, uh, Hawaii. Uh, I'm here until the fall. Uh, I, my husband's been in the Navy right now, what he's doing is he's exploring the fact that, you know, he's got two more years for retirement. He'll be about 38, 40. By the time that he's out, he's two years older than me. Uh, he'll be 36 this year. He's like, oh my God, I'm old. I'm like, no, you're not. But you know, it's like, it's just, it's cool to hear people's stories. That's what I love doing about this podcast. Um, uh, I flew very close to the sun, was a marketing director. The pandemic done took my job and my husband was deploying that year. So I started this podcast because, it, you know, it started out with some girlfriends being like, oh, man, like, when are they going to find out that like, you know, are not meant to be here or whatever. And so I'm excited to hear how you can relate to imposter syndrome. I'm excited to have you here on the podcast. Um, the next question from Krista, though, is uh, what is the best gig you've had and maybe the worst one? Um, well, best gig I had might be taste, you know, chickens in the shadows because <laughs> I mean, we're not making any money out of it, but 
it's just like, you know, I'm part of this community and you know, when Taste the Biscuit was going viral on TikTok, all these people were going, oh, my God, like I've been depressed for three months and this song showed up in my feed yeah. and my my life has changed from this song. I mean, I didn't write the song. And if you've seen the movie, you know, Moose isn't my character isn't even playing it. He's faking it. That <laughs> I song didn't know was, that. That's cool. Oh, yeah. That song was programmed into the keyboard and I, I learned it verbatim so I could be authentic and look like I was actually playing. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I mean, so really the only, I mean, not the only thing I'm doing, but you know, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. No, no. So that's your best gig. You'd say Toasters oh, yeah. and Moose. And- best gig, worst gig. Okay. I had this gig once it was in, <laughs> I think it was in Pleasanton, which is where Estelle yeah. lives. <laughs> Pleasanton, <laughs> and this, this is long before Pleasanton, you know, uh, got all developed and stuff. And well, there was okay. like a, there was a groundbreaking. I was hired to play keyboard at a groundbreaking outside. And so I, I had a keyboard that I brought out there and it was like in the middle of this field, they had a tent where they had a small group of people having a luncheon. It was very fancy food for them. I, of course, I didn't get to see any of it. And the keyboard was like far from the tent, but I had a speaker and it was this dusty field. It was kind of windy and dusty. It was by railroad tracks. Oh, so, no. so like freight trains would go by. And <laughs> and the the speaker, the amplifier I had was powered by a generator. So it oh, was no. going it was going <laughs> the whole time. I mean I got paid paid for it. Actually, it took me like months to even get the money out of this caterer <laughs> that hired me. I was like really pissed off. So yeah that you know I mean there's worse gigs out there, I suppose, yeah, than that. Yeah. But that's like the most memorably like weird slash bad gig. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So uh and before the next question I had was someone wanted to know about your childhood. Uh, but but I kind of want to talk about the fact that you do some uh really cool things in San Francisco, including uh the Golden Girls review that you do, right? Uh and uh I I happen to own Cakeworthy. I don't endorse them, I hate that company, but uh I own this shirt. Right. But the piece de la resistance is this jacket that people have wanted to buy off of me and I will never sell it because oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a windbreaker. Come on. Picture it. Sicily, 1934. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tom, I'm so excited to have you on. Okay. So you are from Michigan, you said, right? So where in the mitten? Uh, well, near Detroit, which is, okay. you know, Right yeah. on. I was born in Minnesota. I grew up in Bloomfield Hills, which is a suburb of Detroit. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. And like I, yeah. That's awesome. And moved, you know, when I was like 22. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I'm just so happy to have you on. Okay, everyone, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out. We're going to talk about imposter syndrome. Uh, every week, uh, I share stories of people. Uh, we get to know them. We become best friends, uh, which I'm excited because uh, at the time of recording this last week, Tom actually got to meet one of the biscuits. His name's Justin. He lives in Denver. Yeah. And I I love him to death. He's Snarkle Fritz on uh, TikTok. He is a just uh, all-around great human, combat veteran, uh, great guy. I hope to have him on the podcast at some point. But I've had all sorts of, if you're new here, all sorts of people on the podcast. It's not even a humble brag. Uh, I just, 
it's what you do. Like, I just, I mean, I make like, just like you on TikTok, I make no money <laughs> from it. Uh, you can buy my merch. Um, it's called please don't kick me out.com slash shop. Thank you so much to the lovely Lara. We've got laptop cases. We've got fanny packs, towels, you name it. You can go to please don't kick me out.com slash shop. Okay. So well, I send up what I'll just, I'll just, I'll just say, uh, Estelle and I have made a little money because people were saying, Oh, you two should be on cameo. Uh-huh. So, so yeah, we got on cameo. So she does individual cameos. I've done some cameos and uh, we do cameos as toasters and moose. And we've, we've made a little money from that. We, I the, never got one with you both. I didn't know that oh. there was like an option. Rude. And at the time of recording this yesterday was Valentine's day. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So uh, I guess, you know, go to, go to cameo, um, go to cameo and check it out. Um, yeah. Hire them. Uh, they're, they're great. Uh, look up, look up here, toasters and moose. Yeah, if you're, if you're new here, you're like, what, what are we listening to? Well, this is like what? a podcast about imposter syndrome. Uh, and then you're listening to, and your earbuds are on YouTube, uh, Tom Shaw, who is part of a Toasters and Moose, the fake band. Uh, Tom, how how about we pop into the first question, um, which is, of course, uh, do you feel like you have it all figured out? <laughs> uh, no. And I hope not, because then it, w- it would, then what's the point? It would all yeah. be over. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully every day is a, you know, a, a learning opportunity, a growth opportunity, you know. Yeah. You know, like- I've never had someone say, sorry, <laughs> I've never had no, someone ahead. say, yeah, I've got it all. You know what? <laughs> I've never right. had that. That ever. would be so arrogant. Oh, yeah, well, I know everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, there's people like that out there, of course, but. Right, right. But they're not part of the biscuit, you know, so. No, the they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be yeah. drawn to the biscuit. No, they'd be like, what is this? <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, I, amazingly, I get a lot of people like just the other day, this friend was like, so what's this biscuit thing? Like, it feels like everybody has heard Taste the Biscuit and knows yeah. everything about it, but it's not true. No, no, <laughs> like, it's very wait. niche. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very niche. And I'm all for it. Yeah. Oh, before I forget, uh, my friend, Melissa, Melissa B Creations, I'll link to this as well. She made me this awesome Tumblr. Um, again, my friend, Lara is my branding uh, person for please don't kick me She's amazing. But this is my, uh, my logo, uh, on a Tumblr and she's going to start making biscuit tumblers, which money oh my is God. not going to you. <laughs> amazing. She's a military spouse. We love her. Thank you so much. Uh, she also made me this one, which is really cool too. Um, they're $25 plus shipping. They're great. Um, she can make you literally anything with your heart's desire. Um, I will link that as well. So great. yeah, the next question is um, about imposter syndrome. And so I approached you. I remember approaching you about this podcast and you were like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I, I hadn't heard of it before. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm schmedium schmamous, you know, like just like <laughs> you're famous on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've been doing this, like I said, for three years, and and I don't expect everyone to know about it. Imposter syndrome is, is not in the DSM V five or or, or the, any psychological uh, psychological handbook. It's actually shrouded deeply in self. Uh, imposter syndrome is shrouded deeply in self esteem. Um, I've shared so many stories. We are inclusive. I practice diversity, equity, and inclusion on a daily basis, especially being a queer content creator and especially being a white person. Uh, I try to do everything I can to make sure people feel included, um, whether it be Black Lives Matter, equality, trans voices, et cetera. So um, I've learned a lot over the last three years and imposter syndrome is, um, you know, the feeling of, oh gosh, they're going to find out that um, I'm not meant to be here. And as a musician, maybe you felt it. So 
I'm going to ask the question. It's a mouthful. Um, it's so funny. I don't even need to look at the question. I know it verbatim in my head because I've done it for three years. So here we go. Do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome? In what ways? And what does imposter syndrome mean to you? Well, I mean, I've definitely had self-esteem issues. I mean, you know what I was saying earlier about like, oh, you know, I, I don't want to be in a band. I'm not good enough. And then like, you know, I was dragged kicking and screaming and joined this band. And then, um, but then I did background music for many, many years. Yeah. It was like, I was hiding my light under a bushel kind of thing. And, yeah. and, and, and yeah, I still feel like, um, cause, cause I feel like there's this, Thing. like you have to have a gimmick to be super popular right and I think I think part of the self is the low self-esteem actually ties in with oh you're supposed to be really popular you're, you know if you're not mm -hmm. super popular then you suck as a person or something like that <laughs> so so and I've always felt like the people that are really really popular have some kind of gimmick yeah and I've never that's just never been me like I just right. I don't want to I don't want to be fake and rely yeah. on, a, on a gimmick. you like some kind of like, you know, freaky look or nothing against any of that, but it's just not me. And as a result, you know, I'm not as popular as I could be, yeah. but I, that's okay. Yeah. And it took me, I think many years, probably many decades to sort of work through that. Yeah. That, you know, I love yeah. that. I love that, Tom. You know, it, I think it's so cool of you to share that wisdom with, but I don't know what age people are coming to listen to this, probably all ages, right? And I'm not ageist in the slightest. I am a millennial. <clears throat> However, I, I, I respect the crap out of the younger generation, as well as, you know, my nephews who are eight and three <clears throat> this oh, year. Wow. And, um, you know, uh, I'm not popular either. I was not popular in high school. I was, uh, oh. I was the, I was the news. I was a nerd. I was a newspaper editor. Uh, you know, I wasn't cool. I, I've never been cool and there's nothing cool about me. And I have a podcast, but so does everyone else, <laughs> you know? So, Hey, uh, I, I'm proud. I'm proud of you. I'm proud that you're here. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're sharing your story with my, with my fans, my listeners, I'm glad I know you. I mean, we're Facebook friends. I, I, who would have thought I, when the bit, like you mentioned the biscuit earlier and how it popped up in September, right? Of yeah. 2021, two, two, no, 22. Yeah. Gosh, it's 23, 23. Oh my God. I know it's only been, <laughs> it's only been a few months. But like many people, I was so depressed. I had a mental breakdown when I moved here. I mean, I live on Oahu. I, I, I love, I love it now, but, and a lot of it's due to the biscuit. But, um, you know, I just, I had such a hard time out here. Um, I'm late diagnosis ADHD. Um, and, uh, you know, and like I said, I was the last person to find out I was queer. I was the last, you know, and I'm in a healthy monogamous relationship where we look like we're straight and cisgendered and, and, and I, and I have that privilege and I'm aware of that, but at the same time, I, I, I've been finding my own self and my neurodivergence and who I am as a person. So I got diagnosed uh, at 31 with ADHD when, when I lost my job, I realized, oh, wow, I can't complete tasks. What, what's wrong with me? Right. And so I, it, once I got that diagnosis, I realized, oh, this makes so much sense. I didn't take that and go, oh, I can be a dick 
Like I can be an asshole and take it and run with it. I was like, oh, that's why I had a hard time fitting in. Oh, that's why I had a hard time, you know, getting to know people. I wasn't popular. I was kind of a weirdo. Um, and, uh, you know, there's other things that I've discovered of myself as well um, through one TikTok and the biscuit and everything. But I was so depressed, Tom. I, I didn't log into TikTok for a whole dang year. And all of a sudden, <laughs> this Chrome lady is walking <laughs> on the beach and I'm like, wait a second, I live near beaches. I could do this. And that's my slow fat flex is I do do that now. Um, and you know, now I love it. I love living here. I've met so many people through the biscuit. Um, I I'll probably be meeting you in a couple of months. I mean, it's really, really amazing what it's brought me. And it gave me a reason to get out of bed for Christmas. I made everyone ornaments. People paid shipping because it's very expensive to send stuff from, from oh, Hawaii. Yeah. Um, you know, it's costing me like 20 bucks to ship each one. Like it's, wow. it was nuts. I probably need pirate ship or something, but you know, Hey, so, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just grateful for it. And you and Estelle and Vince are just such kind people who really are just grateful to be included. And that's what the biscuit has done is, is it brought everyone in. So who cares that we're not popular or famous? Would it be great to make money? Absolutely. Right. But I'm just glad that it's brought me to you because now I have a reason to visit San Francisco. You have a reason to come see me in San Diego. Like, I'll get you booked. <laughs> uh, you know, cause that's who I am and I'm just glad. And so I don't care that we're not popular. I mean, I joined a sorority, believe it or not. And I wasn't wow. popular there either. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was, no, I didn't know that. I didn't know that was possible. I bought my friends and they hated me. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no, they didn't wow. know any of my friends, you know, but like, it's, it's also something I've noticed in the biscuit too. Cause I have a very tumultuous relationship with my sibling and, um, as well as, you know, my family and, and stuff. I've, I've found so much community through TikTok, which is really, really nuts that that is how it's happened. Um, I found so many cool people. So I'm just so glad. I'm just so grateful. It, I mean, I wake up every day and I log into TikTok and I'm like overwhelmed by the amount of notifications I have because it's so many biscuits that are like, like this, share this. And there's so many variations of songs. Like at one point, Jason, who is a biscuit as well, he's also a pianist and he lives in uh, Virginia. He, um, he, he's an amazing person and he created totally the bingo, or sorry, the biscuit bunch, which Charlie hides from RuPaul's Drag Race. I do a lot of virtual events and you can't see it, but I have a tattoo on my shoulder of Charlie hides from RuPaul's Drag Race uh, with a bingo ball. And that got me through 2020. Uh, so uh, I, I, Charlie has a song where she takes the Brady Bunch song and made it into the bingo bunch, right? So when we were doing virtual bingo, we had a theme song. And I thought, well, Taste the Biscuit would be so good as the Brady Bunch theme song. So Jason made the song. And that's just like, we're so creative. Like everyone is so freaking creative. And I cannot express my gratitude uh, enough because now I've got so many new listeners of this podcast because I don't talk about it. I have imposter syndrome myself, a podcast about <laughs> imposter syndrome, and I have it. So uh, yeah, I, I love your answer. So I appreciate that so much. Um, so it's, yeah. I was going to say, it's just kind of crazy in a very good way Yeah, to, to think about like, you know, we made this movie in 2010, you know, yeah. Song went viral for a minute in 2011 and then you know then nothing and then in 2022 it goes crazy and like all these people are like it's like you said it's just bringing all these people together and like who would have thought when we made our movie yeah any, anything like that was even possible 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, obviously when you make a movie, you want it to, you know, be a hit and you yeah. know, make money or whatever, but like this is so unexpected. It's <laughs> so know, unexpected. Like, you guys were in Rolling Stone as well. I mean, yeah. what? Why? <laughs> At the end of the year, they mentioned this too as like, you know, yeah. one of the best viral moments of the year. <laughs> And I, I do everything to uh, get that going forward. And it's so funny. I felt so validated. I know Justin felt so validated. We all felt so validated. We're like, yes, we have a community, you know? And and that's just, it's just so, so cool to I, be part of something because I'm, most people even will say, like, I had no niche on TikTok. Like I had my, like, I have a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, which, which he's very asleep. He's in his bed right now. And his name's Bourdain after Anthony Bourdain. And he's going to be three this year. And I started my TikTok for him and no, no, no views, no views. But I tell you, you put, you put the Chrome lady walking on the beach. And what, what actually made me go a little bit viral was the, um, Billy Ray Cyrus version. And so for anyone who hasn't listened to Vincent's uh, episode, which will be linked uh, right here, um, it's me pretending that it's going to be there. Uh, I um, He talks about how he submitted it to World Star Hip Hop, or no, sorry, BuzzFeed, original BuzzFeed and the World Star Hip Hop. And Vincent is just such a goofball. And then you guys did the Christmas thing. People can oh, yeah. buy the, I bought, I bought the, I obviously bought it. I bought the shirt, obviously it comes in purple and it comes in black. Um, and then I think Krista is one of the few people who has the blanket and, uh, and she's, and she's lovely too. And so I just, I don't know. It's just, I love it. And now that I'm here in South fall, uh, I'm just going to put the open kibosh out that I would love people to visit me like Tom might. Uh, and, um, you can come visit me in Aloha as long as you don't touch a sea turtle, you're good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, ah, I love it. Um, I was going to just add that because you were talking about like people doing different versions of taste the biscuit. Yeah. It's ama- it's amazing to me, like the different, uh, how people hear the songs differently, like, or hear the mm-hmm. song, the lyrics differently. Like, of course there's always the, oh, it's sexual. It's like a sexual innuendo song, which is fun. But then there's like the philosophical, philo- philosophical, like, oh, taste the biscuit. Like it's the world is the biscuit, taste the biscuit taste are you there it looks like you're frozen oh no it's am i frozen oh, oh okay i was, just look, I was it, looking i had a comment just to, yeah but taste oh, okay yeah but yeah like the world is the biscuit taste the biscuit taste the goodness of the biscuit yeah and then, there's, then there's just like the celebration of you know that yeah. particular that particular fast food and then there's like people telling me like oh my three-year-old sings this song every day i'm like oh it's a children's song now like it's just amazing <laughs> Uh, you know, what's funny is right before the biscuit, I was in corn talk with Tariq, the corn kid, because uh, I was, like I said, I was born in Rochester, Minnesota, and there was a corn tower, and I forgot about that. I was born in the Mayo Clinic, slow effects. My mom's very proud of that. Both her babies were Mayo Clinic babies. And um, uh, so I was like, you know, it's corn, right? And so Tariq wasn't getting monetization. So I don't know why Vincent's not getting the money right now, because it should happen. I'm still mad at media wise, by the way. <clears throat> So for anyone that's wondering, media wise is I don't know what they do. Uh, who cares what they do? It's like a bunch of teenagers running something. But they they took Dogface's song instead of Vincent's song. And and Vincent even has it where if you go to TikTok and you create an account and you want to go to Taste the Biscuit, I think you guys have somewhere like in the millions of at this point, 
millions of listens, millions of using that hashtag. It's hashtag oh, yeah. taste the biscuit. And hundreds uh, <laughs> yeah, hundreds of millions. And then even on the Grammys the other weekend, people were like, taste the biscuit should have won song of the year. Right. And it's like, yeah, it should. <laughs> why not? It's yeah, just not? It's so wholesome. It's so wholesome. So uh didn't see any other comments come through for that. Well, so we'll just move to the next question about success. Can I, yeah. Can I add about the monetization? Like I because because as a songwriter, Vincent's a member of ASCAP and ASCAP mm -hmm. is supposed to collect royalties. So I, I was curious. So I went to the ASCAP website and they say, oh, yeah, if your song is on TV or in a movie or on the radio or somebody sings it in a concert, we collect royalties for you. But there's like I couldn't find any mention of huh. if your song is on YouTube or Facebook or or uh, TikTok. Right. It was like, so I feel like they're completely behind the times. Yeah. Well, yeah. See, as a marketing background for me as a digital, so I started in social media. I've been a social media manager as my bread and butter. Uh, as you can see, if you're here, uh, I've got, yeah. you know, I know what I know what I'm doing for the most part and um, not to brag, but, but I grew up as in my career doing Facebook, I, I mean, I've done millions of dollars worth of Facebook ads. I've done so much stuff. And it's funny how, uh, you know, even in high school and stuff, there was internet bullying and there was no way to track it back. And it's like interesting how the internet has existed for as long as it has and been there. And we've all been on the web and woo. And, and yet there's no way to, besides YouTube and him monetizing through YouTube and TikTok doing their own thing, there's no way to do it unless there's a 10,000 follower cap, right? So it's yeah. really weird that if you're going to collect royalties through TV and whatever, you're not going to use YouTube that's been around since good, good God, like 2009, right? So, I mean, or even earlier, I don't know. Don't ask me. Yeah, I'm so who knows? So interesting. Maybe, maybe that's the next movement. Maybe that's the next movement. Well, I'll, we'll chat offline about that. Um, so success, what looks successful to me is going to look different than success to you. Um, so uh, what does success look like to you? And do you feel successful? I am. I'm actually getting moved because I feel like I'm extremely successful. And it's not about money because, yeah, you know, I mean, I have, I have money in the bank. Um, but due to you know, that was come, came from a little bit of inheritance when my parents passed away not from like anything I've earned because mm -hmm. as a musician, it's always been like paycheck to paycheck. Well, a lot of people. Yeah. But, um, but my success is that I touch people with yeah. what I do. Same. You know? And I, I move people like when I play and sing, not just even, I mean, just what I do locally. Cause I, yeah. I have gigs where I play and sing at retirement communities. I've been doing this since 1993 yeah um and there'll be people that are sitting there in their in their wheelchairs who are really out of it you know yeah and i'll start playing a song from the 30s and they start singing they remember oh. all the lyrics i mean to me that is like the ultimate reward i mean obviously paying bills and rent and taking trips and being able to afford all that it would be super nice Mm -hmm. But to me, this is so much more successful than, oh, yeah. yeah, making millions of dollars. Yeah. You know, and that's it's funny because uh, I think that the most successful people personally, this is my own opinion. Most successful people are people who are 
kind and their their success never changes them they're they're kind they're they're good people um you know which is why i think i connected with you and estelle and vince and everyone in the biscuit so much because we have no one else to be but ourselves and i know that not everyone can be themselves i know that not everyone can feel safe in an environment to be themselves in a supportive relationship and if you're you know listening for the first time and you're thinking i'm really depressed i don't know what any of this biscuit stuff is i don't know these things you just have to remember that everyone's on their own journey, right? And it doesn't matter if 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 you're not there yet. Eventually, you'll get there. And success to me personally, yeah, I'd love a million streams. I'd love to be making money off of this. My my success to me is the fact that I have those five star reviews where people say, "Oh my gosh, I love this," uh, and "Oh my gosh, you know, uh, this." I didn't know I had imposter syndrome. Now you've changed my life. You've you've made me realize that I this this that and the other and. Um, same with TikTok where people go, you know, you're so funny, uh, you know, and, and, um, I, I appreciate that. Cause I, 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 I think I know I'm a weirdo, right. I'm a lot to handle. Uh, my husband will say that, you know, the six years has been a roller coaster of how are you with me? But I, I think success for my spouse and I, my partner and I, um, for him, it's retiring military. For me, it's just doing what I love every day. And I feel successful in the sense that I do, do get to do this every day and feel successful in my conversations and touching people is such a beautiful thing. And I love that you play some retirement communities because I think it's so important that we don't forget the elder community right now. Because, um, you know, the pandemic was so hard for them. Um, where they couldn't see their grandkids or sometimes no one comes to see them. So I love that you right. do that. And I love that you're able to share that with them. So that actually just made me so happy. <laughs> Great. I love that. I love that. Um, okay. I, I was yeah. going to say, I, um, I still, I think, I think this ties in with the imposter syndrome thing. Yeah. I think I still, I still struggle with like, Oh, I only, I only have 9,500 followers on TikTok. More than me. I know that's, I mean, not to brag or anything, but why isn't that successful, Tom? You know, why? Like, yeah. oh, well, some, some people have 400,000 followers. Like, so what? So I, I still yeah. struggle with that. I have, I have a church gig. It's a universalist a church or I mean, United Church of Christ. And it's very progressive and inclusive. Even when yeah. I got, the, even when I got the gig, they said, oh, it's okay if you're an atheist. I'm like, oh, cool. cool. So, but this church has like, you know, a congregation of like 12 people. And so I have a lot of things like that where my audience is quote unquote small. And I still find myself questioning like, why is this? Why am I not, why am I just, mm -hmm. why are my audiences so small? So I, I guess that ties in with imposter syndrome, right? Like, yeah, because because it's still like this like self-esteem thing nagging at me. Like, yeah. well, you should, yeah. you should be more popular than that, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's the funny thing too, is like, really, what is that? Right? Like, so yeah, on TikTok, like you can have, you can make pennies, right? Once you're, once you've got 10,000 followers or something, I'm, I'm at, uh, at the time of recording 4,094, um, <clears throat> which to me is a lot. Right. And even, yeah. even with like social media and Instagram, right. Um, you know, it's all about the engaged audience and, and all of that. And I've learned a lot through social media and I used, you know, I used to tell, have to tell brands, right. Like, Hey, you know, um, like, 
well, one, you have to like, it's imposter syndrome. You have to like tell them like, oh yeah, like this is engagement and this is that, and this is the other thing and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I'm used to spinning, I'm used to spinning bullshit into uh, gold, but, uh, you know, it's <laughs> like, it's like, you have to kind of be like, well, but you're still there. You're still present and you're still doing something. And some, the biggest and the best advice I ever got for TikTok and all content, which is, um, I, I consider myself a content creator for sure. A digital creator, um, is that, you got to just keep posting and eventually it'll stick. And that's like, eventually you'll get those congregation members. Eventually you'll get those gigs. Eventually all this is going to happen. I told Vince the same thing. It's just, it's, you're, go, you're already there, which is better than right. you were. Right. So starting oh, yeah. this podcast, I had no idea where it's going to go. Uh, you know, I don't even like, it's funny. I, uh, I reached out to a, a very famous out here singer. Her name's Paula Fuga. She's on Jack Johnson's label. Um, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, I think she's going to be on the podcast. Fingers crossed. Nice. Um, she has one of the most beautiful voices. She's on Jack Johnson's record label, Brushfire Fairy Tales, um, Brushfire Music. And I saw her at home for the holidays, and she has the most buttery voice. You, you, you saw the video, Meliklikumaka. Klikumaka. Uh, and just, she's fantastic. And she lives in Vaimanalo. Um, she grew up on the beaches of Hawaii, Hawaii, where, uh, um, her parents were, um, her parents, she was homeless with her mom growing up. She's super Kama'ina, meaning local. Um, you know, but at the same time, like, I, I feel embarrassed. This is imposter syndrome too, to share my amount of plays, listens, and downloads. And that's why I've been using YouTube as well to extend my reach while I am syndicated everywhere you get your podcast. If you're listening through your earbuds right now, um, whatever platform. Thank you. Uh, if you're on YouTube, thank you. Please follow up, follow, like, subscribe, tell a friend. Um, because that's how we keep doing what we're doing. Uh, as Tom as well, you know, if you like what you hear, book them, buy a cameo, buy a shirt, like everything, every little bit helps, but you also don't need to pay to play. Right. And I tell people that a lot too, is you don't need to put money behind what you're doing. Like I've never paid a single penny for any of my advertising. It's all world word of mouth. It's all referral. And I'm lucky that the cultivation and the, and the connections I've had have gotten me where I am and I'm grateful and I'll never, ever look down on that ever. And so I'm just glad you're here. Oh, here's, here's another example of success. You mentioned advertising and I'm flashing like in the eighties, I used to spend hundreds of dollars advertising in wedding guides, you know, to get wedding <laughs> gigs. And then and then, you know, if nothing ever happened, I would, I would just, you know, all my gigs come from word of mouth. And at yeah. this point, at this point, I'm fending off gigs. So that is like a huge, success. that's huge that, success. That's yeah. gigantic. Me too. I have to say no. And, and, and yeah. it sucks to say no. Cause you're like, cause that's imposter syndrome too. You're like, oh my gosh, are they never going to book me or want to book me again? But the thing is, is that no is the most powerful two letter words you can ever say. I learned, a, I, I'm, I'm a huge about therapy. Uh, I have a great therapist now, um, Dr. T, she's amazing. And I'm a huge advocate for mental health and, and, and just in general, everyone, I think if you can afford it, there's so many pay to play systems where if you have insurance, it's great, but there's also self-help books out there. There's just so many resources out there to help with mental health and, and stuff. So <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for what I've learned about myself, but it's so funny because I, I thought about advertising, you know, I thought about, but there, I get such better, you get better connections through referral business, which is what people don't realize. But unfortunately you have to do the thing first to get that word of mouth. And you just have to be a good person on top of it. Reliable punctuality, all of that. So saying no is very hard for me. Boundaries oh, are very hard for, for me. me too. I had to learn to say no. Yeah. And it's hard. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I appreciate that so much. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for your vulnerability there. Do you? I, yeah. Well, I was going to say, I mean, this is sort of a sidetrack, but I also have a depression story if you want to hear it, but of course. We don't, yeah. We don't I have love to go it. There. No, no, no. I would, I would appreciate that. I think our listeners would appreciate that. And well, I'll just say trigger warning mental health. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess it, this was around the time where I was questioning like, Oh, I'm doing what I love, but I'm depressed. And I, I resisted medication. That was like my last resort, but I was having suicidal ideation. Mm -hmm. And somebody sent me this book. I don't remember the author's name, but it was called, you mean, I don't have to feel this way. Mm. And the, the one takeaway I got from the book, which was very pro antidepressant. Cause like I said, that was my last resort. And the doctor or the author said that antidepressants don't alter your personality. They restore it. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, so then I got on antidepressants. I mean, of course, if anybody has been on antidepressants, you know, it can take a while to find what works or what cocktail works. Yeah. And so, you know, that was my story, too. But they really helped me. I was on antidepressants for like 15 years. Mm -hmm. And I actually, I don't necessarily uh, uh, encourage anybody to do this, but mm -hmm. I weaned myself off of them after 15 years. And I haven't needed them since. And yeah. I'm, that's not like a, that's not a bragging. It's thing. not a brag. It's, it's just, just, just my story. Yeah. Um, but at one point, this friend of mine, his name was John Neff. He, he lived in Hawaii for a while, a while in Maui, uh, running recording studios. He recently passed away. But around this time when I was super depressed, he contacted me because he was in Hollywood and he was working with David Lynch, oh. the filmmaker. And he called me and he's like, Tom, you want to come to Hollywood and write music with me and David Lynch? And I was so depressed. And in my imposter syndrome, if you will, I was like, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. Oh, my God. I haven't written music in years, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I said no. Mm -hmm. And it, for many years, it was a big regret. But people said, you just weren't in that right place. Now I'd be on the plane like in five minutes. Yeah. I feel, like, I feel like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that you share this vulnerable story, right? And I and I want anyone that's listening, uh, we're not doctors, right? No. What works for Tom and me might not work for you. Uh, at the time of recording this, I have a doctor appointment on Friday where my doctor and I are going to discuss putting me back on SSRIs because that actually, and an anti-anxiety, I have a lot of anxiety, believe it or not, uh, because I found out that I have a irritable bowel syndrome through anxiety. And, um, you know, uh, you know, I told you, I was like, I got a colonoscopy scheduled like two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. It came back negative. Everything was negative. There was no Crohn's. There was no uh, GERD. There was no ulcers. There was no many, there's a lot of things. I too suffer from depression. I had a mental breakdown that just, it was just, it was soul crushing. Um, and I felt like if you've ever seen Twilight, I felt like uh, when, uh, I, I, this is going to age me young, but I was in college when Twilight came out and I, I read the books, but when Bella gets left by Edward and it's like, like lie is the song. It's like, there's a possibility. Don't sue me. There's a possibility. Right. And she's sitting in the chair and I just watched the world going on around me on an Island. And I, it, it, it was just so hard. Um, 
I suicidal ideation for me, um, it, it's never, um, I've never, I have a, a semicolon tattoo on my wrist. I have attempted when I was 15, uh, and I have had suicidal ideation. Um, but the thing for me, Tom was I almost died at the hands of medical care moving out here. They put me on the wrong SSRI with my ADHD medication where they all also upped it. My husband was on the mainland at working and I'm here in Makakilo. I don't know anyone. Uh, I'm now living in Pearl city, but at the time I was living out in town now I'm in base housing. Um, <clears throat> and, um, uh, I overdosed on Adderall, uh, which I never would take. I'm an ADHD person. I never would overtake my medication. I take it as prescribed. Um, in the past, I have been on SSRIs. Uh, I was on Lexapro. I was on Wellbutrin. Um, and I believe in them. I just haven't needed them. Right. right. And it, to me, it felt weak to want to be back on them. And so mm -hmm. I even told my doctor this, that my new doctor, this is not the same doctor that had, that had happened with. And the reason why what had happened had happened was it was a pandemic and they, as an ADHD person with, um, a, you know, adult ADHD, uh, I'm a very routine person. I mean, I have a pill pack here and I know exactly what I take. This is most of it's over the counter, but this is, you know, I know exactly what I take. I take it at the same time every day. It's routine. What had happened was they prescribed me 20 milligrams of XR Adderall, but because it had been a pandemic, they said, Bianca, and they told me in my earbuds, and I'm a visual person, told me in my earbuds, Bianca, that we're going to prescribe you the 20s after you finish out taking those 10s, right? The two 10s every day, we're going to prescribe you a 20. And I said, okay. And then my husband was gone. And that's a trigger for me because he was uh, deployed for a number of years. And I'm sorry if this is a lot of information, but yeah, so this is, this happened. Right. And so, um, I got back and I was still doing my routine and it was my fault, right. My fault in the sense that I ended up taking 40 milligrams Oh my God! by accident, right. Because ADHD yeah. routine and my husband had to fly back and he didn't know if I would be dead. He didn't know if I would be alive. And I'll tell you, it was the deepest depression I've ever been in. Uh, the hardest thing I've ever gone through. I didn't know if my marriage was going to make it because I just, he was suffering with stuff from his deployment, which was very, very difficult for him and his career it was the worst of the worst people died. Like it was very, very hard and his mental health was suffering. And then my mental health was suffering. So it's interesting that now a lot of it's due to the biscuit. And I don't talk about this a lot. Um, and I will share in, in, in the comments for people, if you are feeling suicidal, if you are feeling these things, and I know it's a point of privilege to be able to afford mental health care, especially in our economy, especially with, um, you know, being a military spouse, I do get TRICARE um, where I can do that. And I know it's a point of privilege. And so I also feel that I can share free resources. There are text lines that you can help, that can text. There are places that you can seek out information. I've also shared resources like mantherapy.org, which I worked on at the beginning of my career, um, which runs through Anschutz in Colorado, which is where I'm mostly from. Um, there's a lot that you can do, um, but I, I don't want anyone listening right now to feel alone. And I apologize if this was triggering for anyone, but we, again, are not doctors. Uh, I, I am just a podcaster. Tom is just a musician in person, and we're just sharing our stories. So if you feel you need someone, please reach out. There are text lines, there are call lines, there are helplines. Um, and we just want to say, you know, thank you for being here and you matter. Totally. Yeah. Ab absolutely. <laughs>
I don't know why I'm laughing. Oh, David Lynch. I just, so I just Googled that. And you know, it's funny that now, now that I'm feeling better too, right? Like, and I know that my mental health can ebb and flow. I, I, I do have, um, you know, I am, a, I am, a, I am a woman, uh, even though I am non-binary, I am a woman, I have parts, right? Uh, my, my female parts. Um, right. um, I'm not trans, but uh, I I know that my mental health is going to go around with my hormones. And so I'm aware of that. I know that it's a, that it's a beautiful thing that I feel great right now. A lot of it's due to the biscuit. Um, but at the same time, I know that I'm not, I know that if I start SSRIs for my irritable bowel syndrome, that's, you know, structured through anxiety. If I start that, I know it's going to be a journey. It's going to take a bit. Um, so again, this is not an endorsement for SSRIs. I think they're great. I think everyone should do what's right for you. What works for me is not going to work for you. I get that. Um, but yeah, so I just want to say thank you. And to go back to David Lynch and you popping on that airplane, you know, I loved Twin Peaks. I really did. Yeah. Do you know what film it would have been for? Oh, um, no. <laughs> I, I mean, I, that, that never crossed my mind. Um, because I know he was making films and, you know, television yeah. and, and also John and David Lynch did an album together. So wow, I, I have no idea actually what direction that would have gone, but yeah. it was just sort of like this. Oh, no, I can't do that. Oh, no, I'm, I don't have that kind of talent. You know, it was just like it was sad, but that was just where I was at. And that's OK, you yeah, know, because totally like not okay. every opportunity is going to be the right one. Right. And that's what this podcast is for, to share that it's not always roses, right? Like we might be in a better place today than we were in the past. But yeah. I, I think that that's, that introspection is so important. And um, it's it's from a place of clarity and self-reflection. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks okay. for letting I me share it. Of course, of course, of course. Um, and to my listeners, again, if you're uh, joining on YouTube and, and you saw us have that beautiful conversation, please like us. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, please don't kick me out, right? I like so, being liked. Yeah, yeah. Follow us, uh, buy a cameo, all those things. Okay, so I feel we've touched on imposter syndrome enough, but now I get to talk about things that I love. And this is actually where I feel my guests really shine talking about things we're fanatical about. Um, and, um, so what are you fanatical about? What's one or a few things you're fanatical about and why? I don't know if I am fanatical. Um, you said biscuit talk. Well, biscuit talk. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm fanatic. I'm, I don't know if it's fanaticism or kind of an addiction or, uh, yeah, uh out, of, out of, ne out of necessity, <laughs> but I'm on TikTok. Like as you know, a lot of my free time is on TikTok. Yeah, you know, cre creating content, which is actually fun because I'm getting to be, you know, expressive and creative, like yeah. instanta instantaneously. It's not like some gigantic music project that I'm often doing where I'm working on it for weeks at a time. Yeah, you know, preparing it for easy. stuff. It's just sort of spontaneous. Like, oh, I'll just get really inspired to do something silly or fun, and and I do it and post it, and you know, let it do its thing, and I get a yeah. little obsessed. Like, oh, is it getting likes? But then, you know, a few hours later, I'm on to the next video that I'm making and I sort of forget like, oh, yeah, I did that that fun one the other day. Yeah. But I guess that I guess I'm a little fanatic fanatical about it. Yeah. I got to say, Tom, I've watched your journey on TikTok and you picked <laughs> it up so quickly. Like it like you and Estelle were like, we're figuring it out. And I was so proud of it. You know, I was like, Thank yeah, you. look at it. 
And like I said, for anyone who's like, oh, I don't know if I want to be on TikTok, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, you know, the, the CDC is saying that people uh, shouldn't be on TikTok under the age of 13. Well, I've seen a lot of children. They seem to follow me because I'm that Powerline World Tour from the Goofy movie. <laughs> um, but for, for me, like TikTok uh, didn't come easily. Uh, Reels on Instagram is a lot harder for me, actually. Oh. I feel like it's a lot more clunky um, because I am on all the things, uh, per both personally and professionally. I'm on every social media platform there really is. But TikTok for me, I mean, I've been doing it for three years. So I feel like not an expert, but I feel like I'm pretty good at it in the sense of I kind of know what I'm doing now, right? Like, uh, and a lot of it, again, thank you, Biscuit Talk, but I am fanatical about TikTok and what it's given me as well. So I appreciate that. So I'm going to give that a two. Um, but then we're going to segue into, uh, beep, 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 beep. we're going to segue into unpopular opinions. Um, and while you said some, you said some things about food, because uh, I don't like cantaloupe. <laughs> I think it's trash. It's a filler fruit. I also wanted to touch on something that we wanted, we talked about earlier, uh, just, um, about calling biscuit talk a cult. Oh, Oh, I was going to uh, say, did you have an opinion? Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. When I first saw people refer to it as a cult, I was like, I mean, I get that it's not a cult cult, like, mm -hmm. you know, Jim Jones, kind of thing <laughs> it's not flds it's not that kind of cult. <laughs> but i was like I, I i i like the word tribe like we're yeah. a tribe that that sort of went through my mind when i was doing i mean i've come to accept that that's the way the word cult is used in relation to mm -hmm. you know taste the biscuit the biscuit biscuit talk you know because normally a cult has a leader and you know you and it's sort of authoritarian and all that crap so obviously it's not that kind of cult, you know, and I, I, I sort of justified it as it's like a cult following or, you know, yeah. a, cult, a cult movie. Yeah, so, which, is, which is, of course, what uh, Toasters and Moose being part of Chicken Shadows, it really is. I mean, and, yeah, and, and Vincent, movie. it's a cult movie. It's cult fiction, right? Cult it's fiction. It's just there's just so much cool stuff um, for me being like growing up with YouTube and like, well, I mean, I'm 34 this year. So growing up kind of with the internet, right? Like that's, you know, I am a child of the nineties. I was born in 1989. Um, I'm a child of the nineties. Uh, you know, I, gr I grew up with the internet being like meow, 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 the internet, like dial up song sound, <laughs> you know, chat rooms, AOL. ASL, all of that. Right. And so, and so for me, that's what biscuit really brings me is that feeling of the internet being like cool and fun and and like it's it's wild the age bracket right so we have people that are in their like 60s and 70s and then we also have people who are in their teens and it's just such an inclusive inclusive space and so I agree totally. with you it's not a cult and I don't like the ga word gang either because I mean my husband's no. from LA right and so I'm like and I also like grew up around gangs uh so i don't like the word gang necessarily um biscuit heads cracks me up because it reminds me of like uh, parrot heads like with jimmy buffett um uh but but really just we i think we just call ourselves biscuits like we're hey biscuits think, you know hey biscuits yeah i think i think justin uses the word biscuiteers that's cute too <laughs> i like that that's cute like mouseketeers oh <laughs> yeah yeah um and so i think i i want to go to my next my favorite question Oh. Uh, can I give my favorite question? Sure. All right. What Muppet would you be and why? Well, oh my God. Okay. Imposter syndrome. I I don't know the Muppets. I mean, that's crazy. What? Like, I know. Not even it's Sesame cool. Street? Oh, I guess you're much older than me, but. I never, but you know, a lot of people my age, you know, 
are into the Muppets. So I mean, you I were. Them, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of popular television, like I never watched. Okay. Like, like in the '80s or whenever it was, like the Mary Tyler Moore Show. I never watched it. I yeah. never watched. I've never seen Friends. I mean, what? Well, I, it didn't I, age I, well, so it's yeah, okay. Know. No, I, I'm, I'm a weirdo, which is a good thing, of course. Yeah. But I'm sort of averse to like popular cult. If it's like super popular, then I'm just I, you know, stick my nose up at it. Kind <laughs> of, like, I want to be popular. Also, screw the Muppets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? So, um, okay. oh, and here's a, here's a, talk about vulnerability. Here's a really interesting fact about me. Yeah. Um, I'm a professional musician who does not listen to music. Interesting. Like if you were to ask me, oh, what are you listening to these days? I'd be like, well, I listen to a lot of music because I always, I'm always working on a musical project or two or three. Sometimes I'm juggling multiple projects with different yeah. singers or a show or, you know, a film project that I'm writing for or something like that. And so I'm often listening to music like, oh, here's some tracks of some songs I, this person wants to sing and I've never heard mm -hmm. before. So I listen to music for work, but yeah, as, so it's not but, enjoyment, but for pleasure, I don't listen to music. What do you is, do for pleasure then? Which is weird. Well, my work is very pleasurable. So, yeah, you know, it's good. And I love like at the end, I've, I actually learned, this is another hard one to learn, like at five o'clock or thereabouts, unless I have a gig or a rehearsal to go to, I stop, I stop like working at the piano. And then okay. like my part, my partner and I, we love watching like crime shows on Netflix. And stuff, I love so crime shows. That brings me a lot of, I don't know if you'd want to call it play. It's weird. It's like dark pleasure, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you been with your partner? Uh, we met in 2010. Oh my gosh. So Wait, through the biscuit? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, no. No, but he was there for the, uh, um, his name's Ray. He was oh. there for our premiere. That's so like cool. In 20, 2011, early 2011, I think. Oh, well, I'm excited to eventually meet them and you. Oh, yeah. I love that. Well, okay, so can I, can I typecast you as a Muppet? Sure, please do. All right, this is from what I know about you. I think you would either be Kermit, because Kermit is the leader of things. He is, he's making things happen. Or Miss Piggy, because Miss Piggy is actually a formulated off of a drag queen. Uh, um, but also Miss Piggy is the star of the show. Or, or maybe you're Dr. Teeth and you're part of the band. Yeah, see, see, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what? Lights are on. Open, open. Should, and usually- can I be embarrassed that I don't know? The no, don't be, don't okay. be. It's okay. You know, crime shows. I'm a, I'm a true crime fanatic as well. Um, I I love I love SVU. I love all those shows. Oh, yeah. I, I I have theories. Um, I almost got banned on TikTok because my favorite drag queen in San Diego. Uh, well, I have many. I'm sorry. Don't come for me. I know if you're listening, Courtney. If you're listening, <laughs> there's <laughs> all the others. Yes, but at the same time, Mariam T is my girl, and she um has a joke about John Bonnet Ramsey, which we won't get into Ooh. the podcast but I've posted it and oh, the brother wow. did it okay come on oh yeah yeah obviously but I'm from Colorado right where like that kind of happened I was born in Minnesota moved to Colorado when I was 10 so so yeah so I uh yeah um but I, yeah uh, I, I mean, have a lot of opinions <laughs> when you ask the question of course Miss Piggy does did come to mind yeah but, but that's because she's like the only Muppet I know and Kermit did you ask this question of Vincent by the way because yeah he, does, he had an answer 
he does the best Kermit. He did. Ever. Did he do it for you? Yeah, he went, hi <laughs> Oh yeah, he does the best Kermit you'll ever hear. He's, Vincent's so funny. And before I like, as we wrap down and I get you to like promote whatever you need to promote, how did you get involved with Vincent? Like, was it a casting call? Like what happened? So this was back in the day when Craigslist was, I don't know if Craigslist is even still in existence, but you know, it is a lot of us spent a lot of time on Craigslist, sometimes looking for, you know, I dated a guy for two years from Craigslist. Okay. There you go. Okay. Casual (laughs) encounters. But occasionally I would swing over to like the section that would was called gigs or something yep. like that. So I was scrolling in under gigs in on Craigslist and there was this ad where this indie filmmaker wanted to cast um, a, a guy who was like in his mid fifties. I was 54 at the time who uh, the character plays piano and sings and is slightly overweight and kind of depressed. You're like, hey, it's me. I'm like, hey, exactly. It's like, oh my God, the role I was born to play. And he said, Vincent said in the ad, singing and piano playing not necessarily even required. And I'm like, oh, I can do both of those. So maybe I'll ace the audition. So I did, I did the audition and, you know, eventually got the part. A fun story I like to tell is like, I said, so who is playing toasters? And Vincent said, oh, her name's Estelle Piper. So I Googled Estelle Piper and found out she's a, a Shakespearean actress mm-hmm. and a director. And it freaked me the fuck out. Because I'm like, oh my yeah. God. Imposter syndrome. And, and, and oh, there you go. And she did the same thing. She's like, who's playing Moose? And oh, his name's Tom Shaw. She Googled me. She's like, oh my God, he's got a jazz trio. Like, because she's more of an actor than a singer. And I'm definitely yeah. more of a singer pianist than um, an actor. Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, that's how I landed the gig. <laughs> uh, that's so cool yeah you know and I've heard Estelle tell that story too oh. and uh well I have not on the podcast I still yeah, need yeah. to figure out how to make the link work but <laughs> Estelle <laughs> but oh, um but oh, I but it, I think it's so cool I I love that and then you guys throughout the years he's just like hit you back up and been like do you want to do it again do you want to do it again like and and yeah so uh again the movie is called chickens in the shadows i am going to link to it i'm going to look to link to the reunion as well i am going to show uh you know some more stuff and share my screen um with everyone but again tom thank you so much for being on the podcast what would you like to promote well um here in san francisco if you're here in san francisco i'm playing on sunday this coming weekend i'm playing at martunis at 7 p.m with with Katya Shmirnoff Sky, she's a legendary drag performer here in San Francisco. I've been working with her for almost 20 years. She does a show every month at Martunis. So, and her guest performer is Carly Ozard. And then the mm-hmm. following Saturday, I'm playing at Martunis, accompanying a singer named Karen Hurst. Yeah. And and uh, accompanying the two of us will be Roberta Drake, who's the drummer in my trio, Tom Shaw Trio. Cool which is a jazz trio. And then uh, in March, I'm playing for another drag performer named Vanessa Bousset. She's doing a show at uh, Martunis. Wait, and how do you spell Martunis? M- Hold on, let me. M-A-R-T-U-N apostrophe S. Wait, fine. I'll and- Google it. This is embarrassing. I went to Sylvan, okay? <laughs> yeah, and I see I see you're like showing my website, which... Uh, 
reminds me I need to update my calendar because a lot of these things aren't even on my calendar, which is like silly. Do you, yeah, you have a Facebook page too. Do you use the event function on the Facebook page? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Or or like Katya has an event for this coming weekend's event. She's got a event page. Vanessa Bousset has an event page for the event in March. Like a lot of times the people I'm accompanying do the event pages. There it is. Uh, and, and I have one for Karen Hurst, which is uh, a, a week from Saturday. That's so cool. And then in April, April 14th and 15th, I'm playing for a show called Audacity 4. It's a long story, but it's sort of a, a parody. Well, the woman who produces and stars in the show, she's a local performer, and she takes well-known songs and rewrites the lyrics uh, as parodies of like today's political situation. Okay, I like that. So, and that'll be at the Marines Memorial Theater here in San Francisco, April 14th and 15th. Oh, that's awesome. Of course, everyone that's listening, uh, if you're listening on an audio platform and you can't see us, of course, we're on YouTube. Um, I'm going to put in the toastersandmoose.threadless.com for uh, stuff you can get the Taste the Christmas, Toasters and Moose Face Banquet, all that. Tom, you're going to send me a download of where you're going to be because uh, your website does not have it. You got to update that. Um, and uh, <laughs> whoopsies. Hey, you know what? You've been too busy TikToking, man. That's <laughs> true. Uh, I'm gonna stop my share there, but yeah, of course, this has been. Please don't kick me out, everyone. If you're listening, all of the links to everything is going to be, including Tom's website, which hopefully will be updated by then. Uh, Facebook, all of that, I will share those links. Um, and uh, I, I, I just appreciate you so much, Tom. I'm so glad to have you here. If you're listening for the first time, hi, welcome. Thank you so much. Please rate me on whatever platform, whether it's, I guess, if it's YouTube, I don't know how you're gonna do it. Just set like, subscribe, share. Um, again, we have merch. Please don't kick me out.com slash shop. Live your 90s fantasy. Thank you again to Lara. This is a laptop case. We've got blankets, etc. Um, rate me a five if you if you if you're so inclined. Um, again, this has been please don't kick me out, the only inclusive podcast about imposter syndrome. Please connect with Tom, Estelle, Vincent, everyone. And thank you so much for tasting the biscuit in 2022 and 2023. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank you. Taste the biscuit. Taste the biscuit. Oh, wait. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about something that I've been doing for, oh my gosh, it's almost been two, going on three years now. It's called Forbidden Bingo, forbiddenbingo.com every Thursday. Uh, and if you are interested in uh, a fun time where you can win some sexy, sexy prizes, uh, you should go to forbiddenbingo.com and uh, tell DJ Rockstar Aaron that I sent you. Uh, every Thursday you will have the chance along with many other players who I'm loyal to and I call my family my Ohana. Uh, it's so much fun. It is um, every Thursday uh, unless there's something else going on in life and it's just a hoot. So it's called forbiddenbingo.com and let DJ Rockstar Aaron and everyone else in the crew know that I sent you. Mahalo. Hey everyone, if you like what you've been hearing, can you rate us on whatever podcast platform you are listening on? For content creators like myself, that keeps us going. Also, did you know that I have merchandise? Thank you so much to Lara, who was my second guest ever on Please Don't Kick Me Out. She is a great person who did all of my branding. Live out your 90s fantasy. Go to pleasedon'tkickmeout.com slash shop. Thank you.
If you're new here, then you probably don't know this, or maybe you do. I love Disney and I love shopping small, shopping local, and I am an inclusive podcast. Therefore, I love inclusive brands. So that is why Diamond in the Rough Clothing Company, owned by my friend Mario, is such a great brand that I have to promote it unofficially official sponsor of this podcast. Mario has actually been on my podcast in season one. He is a great human and I love him to death. He is just such a sweet, sweet human who has the funniest, the best, the cutest, cheekiest designs for Disney. Diamond in the Rough Clothing Company is just such an awesome brand owned by such a lovely human. And when you're thinking about buying from Disney brands, shop local, shop small, and shop unique. Diamond in the Rough Clothing space. That's going to be in the description of my podcast. And as always, please let Mario know that you are shopping because I told you to. Thank you. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.